Welcome to the Why They Are So Angry podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Francois, a proud baby boomer with over 30 years experience as an educator and learning leader. And I'm Courtney Square, your resident first generation millennial. Join us as we present an unvarnished look at systemic racism in America throughout history and up to modern times. We invite you to pull up a chair, put in your earbuds, and allow us to enlighten, educate, and explore the real reasons why Black African Americans are so angry. Because until you know the whole history, it isn't American history at all. Hey, Courtney. When this episode airs, it will be November, and we'll be celebrating Veterans Day. So it's only fitting that we salute and thank everyone who serves in the U.S. Armed Services. But we also know that systemic racism has cropped up in the military, too. Here's an interesting fact, my dear niece. The Medal of Honor, which was created during the Civil War, is the United States of America's highest and most prestigious personal military decoration that can be awarded to recognize U.S. military service members who have distinguished themselves by acts of valor. Now, to date, a mere total of 3,473 medals of honor have been awarded. And when the Civil War ended, 25 African-American soldiers had been awarded the Medal of Honor. Blacks have earned that highest honor in every war since then, except strangely, none were awarded to them during World War II. About 1.2 million Blacks served in that conflict, and many bravely died in it yet not one received any of the 433 medals of honor during that war. Now that's a very strange and odd situation since the World War II generation is called the greatest generation. I guess that's why, that's one of the reasons why the Pittsburgh Courier, the largest black newspaper at the time, championed the double V campaign. And that campaign pushed for better treatment of African-American civil defense workers and U.S. military personnel during World War II. The newspaper made a connection between the United States treatment of African Americans through racism and Jim Crow and systemic racism and the Nazis treatment of the Jews. It's a yes. very sad but an honest connection. It is a correlation. Now, the Courier published a letter from 26-year-old James D. Thompson, who was a defense worker in Wichita, Kansas. Now, like most Black war workers at the time, Thompson could not work on the factory floor of the aircraft manufacturing company where he was employed. He was confined to working in the, fact in the uh, factory cafeteria. Thompson sent a letter to the courier that uh, was titled, Should I Sacrifice to Live Half American? And he was challenging the lofty rhetoric of the U.S. war aims, contrasting them to the actual treatment of Black African Americans. Thompson reminded his readers that the V for Victory sign that was being displayed prominently across the U.S. and in Europe called for victory over tyranny, slavery, and aggression. Thompson called for a double V victory sign with the first V standing for victory over enemies from without and the second V for victory over enemies from within, meaning those in the United States who would limit the freedoms of black African Americans. Now, at the time, 
Uh, most black African-Americans rallied to his idea, and many historians consider the Double V campaign as the beginning of the civil rights movement. And as we know, though, the military wasn't integrated until President Truman signed an executive order in 1958. Now, Courtney, you're a comic book fan. Isn't there a comic book superhero whose emblem is the Double V? Yes, there is. And his name is Isaiah Bradley. Now, most listeners, either through comic books or through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, are very familiar with America's first Marvel superhero, Captain America, Steve Rogers. He was used... uh, through World War II as propaganda in both the comic books and in uh, just regular everyday life. You see him on comic book covers punching Hitler and other uh, members of the Axis powers. But who you might not know about is Isaiah Bradley. Now, according to comic book lore, after the superhero serum that made Captain America was lost, the U.S. military looked towards Black African-American soldiers to recreate a synthesized version of that serum to make more Captain Americas. Hmm. Uh, The process was horrific, and of the 300, only a few survived, one of which was Isaiah Bradley, who had all the same powers and strengths of Captain America. I never knew that. Yes, and he and his Black Ops squad, much like another Black Ops squad we're going to talk about later in the podcast, did all kinds of harrowing missions, but were never given the credit. Now, on his final mission, Isaiah Bradley stole Captain America's uniform, broke into a German lab, and with his shield, with a mighty double V, destroyed his enemies. Now, that's only a brief breakdown. There's so much more to learn about Isaiah Bradley and his cohorts and their Black Ops team. Ops team. So if you want to know more about Isaiah and his son and his superhero family, please visit Marvel Comics and read Read the comic Truth, Red, White, and Black. Wow, that Isaiah Bradley is quite a comic book hero. But I think you have a story about a real-life superhero named Staff Sergeant Edward Allen Carter Jr., who was just as amazing, if not more so, as that comic book hero. I also believe his story ties into our discussion about the Medal of Honor, too. Yes, it does, Aunt Carol. And if the creators of Isaiah Bradley did not get any of his backstory from this story I'm about to tell, I would be surprised. So listeners, buckle in for one of the most amazing stories I have told you yet. Edward Carter Jr. was a career army non-commissioned officer. He was born on May 26, 1916 in Los Angeles, California. Now he was the son of missionary parents who settled in Shanghai, China. Now, Edward, being a rambunctious young man looking for adventure, ran away from home and joined the Chinese military. At 15 years old, he rose to the rank of lieutenant in the Chinese army, but when he was discovered, he was promptly discharged and returned home to his parents. 
Now, when he was old enough, Edward enrolled into the Shanghai Military School, where he received in intensive and extensive combat training. He learned how to speak four languages fluently, including Mandarin, Chinese, Hindi, and German. Now, hmm. next on his journey of adventure and heroism, he fought in the Spanish Civil War as a corporal in the Socialist Abraham Lincoln Brigade. It was an American volunteer unit opposing General Franco's fascist troops in 1938. Now, they were forced to flee into France, which after, after that, he returned to America. Now, Edward joined the U.S. Army in 1944 and was shipped to Europe, and he ended up assigned to supply duties. At the height of his career, though, he was close to none other than General S. Patton himself, serving as the, one of the general's guards. Now, General Patton had no room for prejudice in the ranks, and Patton and Carter formed a strong bond because they both believed that they had been visited by a mysterious, powerful spirit who, per, who foretold great accomplishments on the battlefield for both of them. Wow. Um, Ooh, that sounds almost that sounds like a superhero. So, it, it does. It's like it's like even like Shazam with the yep. or even Doctor Strange. Now, after months of volunteering in the US military, Carter's platoon made it into combat. Yet he had to accept a demotion to private after all those years of sneaking into the military, working in, this, in the uh, Abraham Lincoln Brigade. He had to take a demotion because his superiors would not allow a black military member to command white troops. Hmm. Now, here's the tie-in to Isaiah Bradley. He eventually served in the Mystery Division. Ooh. Now, the Mystery Division was a group of Black soldiers in General Patton's Third Army. They performed missions in which they wore uniforms, but they had no identifying unit insignia. Mm, wow, this really sounds, he was quite a guy. He and, and we haven't even gotten to, like, the action movie part yet. Okay. Now, on March 23rd, 1945, Carter's unit, in concert with the Third Army, advanced upon Spire, Germany. Spire was a city of about 50,000 people, and it was a target in a race to secure bridgeheads. Now, the tank on which Carter, then 28 years old, and other infantrymen were riding in came under heavy small arms fire and anti-armor fire. Unit members thought the fire had come from a large warehouse on the outskirts of town. Now, Carter volunteered to lead three other soldiers on patrol against the German position. They advanced towards the structure and took cover where they located and, and assessed the approximate enemy strength. They left this covered across about 150 yards of open field to the warehouse. Oh my goodness, they must have been under fire. Well, one of the soldiers, as soon as they set out, was killed. 
Now, Carter, being a soldier who had seen war at a very young age, sent the two other survivors back to hold the position and cover his advancement. There, another comrade was killed and another one seriously wounded by German defenders. But Carter slowly still inched his way to, the, to a place of safety behind a ridge 30 yards away from the warehouse and endured an exchange of gunfire with the Germans. Eventually, his deadly aim knocked out two enemy machine gun nests and a mortar crew. Wow, just from 30 yards away, this guy is quite a hero. He is a crack shot. And mind you, this is with uh, small arms, nothing big, nothing brash, small arms. Now, he did not have the super soldier serum like Captain America, so he did pay a physical price. A machine gun put three bullets through his left arm. Soon, he was knocked to the ground by another wound to his left leg. After taking wound tablets, which were issued to soldiers, and a drink from his canteen, I can imagine in action movie style, he wiped his mouth, threw the canteen down, and pressed ahead, he instantly suffered another bullet through his left hand and took three other shrapnel wounds. Oh my goodness, this guy is, he's beyond Isaiah Bradley as far as I'm concerned. At this point, I think he's leaving Isaiah in the dust. Now, the firefight continued, but eventually the German officers in the warehouse knew something had to be going on. So they sent out eight soldiers to flush out the badly wounded Carter with none other purpose but to finish him off. Oh, Courtney, I am literally on the edge of my seat because this sounds like Staff Sergeant Carter is about to face a bad a very bad faith. And it all sounds like an action adventure movie, but it all really happened. So let's take a break, then come back for the rest of this exciting story. Woo! Okay, we're back. But just quickly, before you finish, I want to remind our listeners, if they want to learn about systemic racism, like the uh, situations we describe in our podcast, um, Go to our website, www.whyaretheysoangry.com for more information. And you can even take a course called Systemic Racism. See it, say it, confront it. Now, I'm glad to get that out of the way because I'm on edge to hear some more. Courtney, what happened next? Now, if we remember and our listeners remember, Sergeant Carter has been badly wounded. He's lost all of his comrades and eight German soldiers are creeping towards his location with death on their mind. He was bloodied and wounded and about to be overtaken, not by one man, but eight. Now, as they approached, suddenly Carter opened fire with his 45 caliber submachine gun. He shot six of the enemy soldiers dead and then took two prisoners, using these prisoners as human shields. The sergeant ran through an open field, making his way back to the American tanks. In another act of courage, Carter refused to be evacuated and receive medical attention until interrogating his prisoners in fluent German to exact key information about the enemy's location. 
My goodness, this, I'm telling you, I, it's just giving me chills hearing about him. What happened next? Now, on March 23rd, 1945, Private Carter was recommended for the Medal of Honor. But instead of receiving the highest honor, and in spite of all those heroic, almost superhuman acts and efforts, he was awarded the nation's second highest award, the Distinguished Service Cross. Hmm. At this point, in October 1945, he had been awarded the Service Cross, the Distinguished Service Cross, Bronze Star, Purple Heart, American Defense Service uh, Medal, Combat Infantry Badge, and numerous other, other honors and citations. But while he lived, he never received the Medal of Honor. After all that bravery and superhuman uh effort on the battlefield clearly his efforts went above and beyond the call of duty and it sounds like he was cheated out of a well-deserved recognition yes those other medals are great but the medal of honor comes with a lot of different um attributes and honors to along with it and for him not to get that was just so unfair well, and Carol, it gets worse. At the conclusion of the war, Carter was stationed at Fort Lewis, Washington, when he attempted to re-enlist. The Army barred his re-enlistment and drummed him out of service with no explanation on September 3rd, 1949. Now, he did receive an honorable discharge dated October 1949, and for years this haunted him, why, despite of all the bravery, the, lo the loyalty, the action-adventure antics, all of that, why was he so unceremoniously dismissed from the United States military? Well, that is a mystery for sure. Now, I understand that in 1946, the Secretary of War, Robert Patterson, noted how few Black African-American soldiers had received recognition, and he promised to investigate. True, true, very true. But nothing came of it for Carter. At age 47, he died peacefully in the UCLA Medical Center in Los Angeles. Now, on January 30th, 1963, and, and that was on January 30th, 1963. Now, he was laid to rest in the National Cemetery within the Veterans Hospital grounds in West Los Angeles. Hmm. So he died eh, without really getting the recognition he deserves. So I want to go back to something we mentioned earlier. Now, during World War II, in which 433 soldiers were awarded the Medal of Honor, 1.2 million Blacks served in that conflict, and many bravely died in it. But again, not one of them got that very high, highest honor. What was the problem? And was anything done about that discrepancy? Because in my mind, if anyone deserves that medal, I'll say it was Sergeant Carter. I agree. Now, in 1992, Secretary of the Army John Shannon commissioned an independent study to determine the reason why no Black African-American soldiers, though serving heroically in World War II, did not receive a Medal of Honor from World War II. In May 1996, the study titled The Exclusion of Black Soldiers from the Medal of Honor in World War II found that Black African-American soldiers had been excluded from receiving the Medal of Honor because of systemic racism. Oh, no. 
Seven soldiers were identified as having been denied, and among them was Staff Sergeant Edward Allen Carter Jr. Ooh, I feel better already. Okay. Now, on January 10th, 1997, his body was exhumed and honored the next day in Los Angeles. And on January 13th, President Bill Clinton presented Carter's posthumous Medal of Honor to his son, Edward Allen Carter III, in Washington, D.C. A horse-drawn caisson and full military honors took Sergeant Carter to rest in the Arlington National Cemetery an honor given to Medal of Honor recipients. Well, that seems to have resolved that mystery about his not getting the medal. So it's an uplifting story. Unfortunately, not uplifting enough that he got it while he was alive, but his, at least his namesake son did. But you know what, Courtney? I'm still intrigued by one missing piece. Was the secret reason for Carter's unfair dismissal from the Army ever revealed? Well, finally, Aunt Carol, the secret was revealed, but not until 1999. Oh, my. In an emotional ceremony in the Pentagon's Hall of Heroes, the day before Veterans Day 1999, the Carter family again met with President Clinton and General John Keene, Army Vice Chief of Staff. General Keene presented the Carter family with a set of corrected military records and a belated post- and belated posthumous awards for Staff Sergeant Edward A. Carter Jr., including the Army Good Conduct Medal, Army Occupation Medal, and American Campaign Medal. And the truth of Carter's ignominious dismissal from the Army was finally revealed. Now, listeners and Aunt Carol, you'll remember when I told you about Carter's service in the Abraham Lincoln Brigade during the Spanish Civil War? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Why was that a big deal? Well, for his for many years, his military record secretly, and I will say erroneously, had labeled him a communist. Because of his service in that war and that brigade and his ability to speak several languages, including Chinese. Hmm. Wow. And all that had been in his record for years. For years. Carter's picture now hangs with other Medal of Honor holders in the Pentagon's Hall of Heroes, and the Army included declassified Army intelligence records showing that any suspicions against this hero had no basis since the secret record saying his suspected communism was false. Hmm. So the truth finally came out. Finally. Now, General Keene and the president extended a full apology to the family and the nation. Staff Sergeant Edward Allen Carter Jr. finally received his just rewards for risking his life and going above and beyond the call of duty. And after so many years, a wrong was righted for Sergeant Carter and army accepted responsibility for systemic racism in the awarding of medals of honor during world war ii what a great ending to an amazing story courtney thank you for bringing that to us especially right here at veterans day and i want to say happy veterans day and thank you to all the women and men who have served and currently serve in the armed forces 
and in memory of my father, your grandfather, who served in the Army during World War II. Again, Aunt Carol, I was so happy to share this story. I can't wait for our listeners to hear it. Again, thank you to all the veterans, my grandfather. Thank you to my dad and both, also my father-in-law, who are both veterans of Vietnam. Um, But if you're going to miss us between podcasts, you can always find us on Instagram at Why Are They So Angry? Facebook at Why Are They So Angry? And you can tweet us at W-A-T-S-A underscore online on Twitter and at the website whyarethesoangry.com. Well, thank you, Courtney, for that. And happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day, everyone. That brings today's episode to a close. We hope you join us next time where we continue providing the answer to the question, why are they so angry? As always, we hope you learn something so you can see it, say it, and confront it.